Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger FM, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Barry, and Tom Peavy with you here on this Wednesday afternoon, turning into evening as we go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line where we welcome on Lindsey Crosby of Auburn Daily on with us today on this Wednesday. Lindsey, we certainly appreciate the time this afternoon. How are things in your world? Hey man, things are going great. We are we are in the throes of spring baseball, and it's just it's the best time of the year. And, and look, you're a busy guy. I mean, we could talk to you about the Braves coming up as they start spring trade. We talked a bit about MLB prospects. You do a lot. I'm sure we'll get to all of it here uh, in in a little bit. But let's start with Auburn baseball, of course, as they've gotten underway uh, four wins in a row. Let's start that Eastern Kentucky series. We saw a healthy return for Joseph Gonzalez, and we saw some other guys really do an effective job on the mound. What stood out to you pitching-wise over the weekend? So I think for me it's something where we sometimes are expecting guys to have – like they they can't be dominant unless they have amazing velocity, right? You always think about your Paul Skeens throwing 100 miles an hour in the seventh inning. But a lot of Auburn guys – Chase Alsop has good velocity. He throws 95. But the rest of it is I know where I'm going to put this ball and you're not going to be able to hit it because you're not going to – Think that I can put it there. There was more strikeouts looking in that weekend than I think I've seen in any Auburn baseball weekend series in probably five years. Carson Myers, uh, just eight strikeouts, one walk, only two hits over six innings, incredibly efficient, and just looked like he could put the ball wherever he wanted. He was walking up and just handed it to Ike Irish behind the plate. Uh, it, and that was the big takeaway for me is nobody's throwing super hard. Joseph Gonzalez is throwing 89, 90 miles an hour. But once he got past that first couple innings, you know, his first game back in 364 days, same thing. He wasn't giving up a lot of hard contact. Guys just weren't able to make, uh, to, to get good swings on the ball. And so because of that, maybe you have a, a ceiling because you're not rolling out guys who can throw 100 but your floor is a lot higher than maybe a lot of people expected out of you. And honestly, not having that guy that throws 100 is probably why you don't see more preseason respect to Auburn. But things like this weekend show you why Auburn always ends up in the mix to host a regional and make it to Omaha. And we had talked a little bit to Coach Tiefer, the new pitching coach for Auburn last week. He had talked a little bit about uh, the the ability to have two returning guys in Allsup and and, and obviously Jesse Gonzalez, but also, as you mentioned, a, a dominant performance or a great performance from Carson Myers over the weekend, transfer out of UAB. Uh, we also know they got, have guys like Herbert Holtz that can bounce around. They have Will Cannon. I mean, what is the strong point of this pitching staff as you see it right now? It feels like you have some of everything. Like, you have guys you have guys like Chase Alsup who has great velocity. Uh, Zach Crotchfeld, another example of a guy who could run it up to the mid-90s. You have guys that have amazing breaking pitches. I'm thinking about a John Armstrong in that slider. And then the way that you can present these guys. Look at how Friday went down. You had a, a – I'm sorry, it's how Saturday went down. You had Joseph Gonzalez throwing from a lower right-handed slot, kind of soft. You followed him up with a guy like a Zach Crotchfelt, a lefty, higher slot, higher velocity. You followed that up with a guy like a John Armstrong with a different look. Everybody looks different and they're throwing different stuff, and it's all effective. And so not letting opposing offenses ever get comfortable at the plate is what it feels like is the big, the, the big thing for this, off, or for this pitching staff right now, just the ability to throw in different looks at any time and have guys that they trust to go out and execute. 
And, Lindsey, when we're looking offensively now for the Tigers, obviously not the best performance for them last night against UAB, just in terms of hits. They were incredibly yeah. patient. I mean, double-digit walks is, uh, is is the epitome of that. But uh, when we're looking lineup-wise, were you surprised, I guess, go back to opening weekend and, and what they've done so far with Chris Stanfield, a guy that led off for the Tigers last year? There was some talk if he would go leadoff spot or the, the second type of leadoff hitter batting in the bottom of the order. Have you been surprised uh, that he was, A, in the middle of the order that he's shut a little pop early in the season. So I think I was surprised. I was more surprised about him being in the middle than about him having pop. I was. I've been on this horse now, banging this drum for like a year that Chris Danfield is going to be a problem for opposing uh, teams in just about every respect. So I expected a, a lot out of him. Five out of thirteen. He's tied for best average on the team. Uh, he is tied for second on the team in home runs. He's done some of everything, right? But. Uh, having him batting later in the lineup and Javon Hernandez leading off uh, is something where I think after this weekend, if Hernandez isn't able to to maybe do more from a hitting standpoint, he's gotten on base six times. They were all walks. He's actually 0 for 11 on the season at the plate. He just has six walks and three runs. I think you might see a move and Stanfield go back up to the top because Yes, Cooper Weiss can steal a lot of bases. I don't think I realized he was going to be that much of a threat on the base pass. But Chris Stanfield is a very dynamic leadoff hitter who can give you that old school slap a ball, get on base, steal two more bags look. Or he can get some power behind his swings and drive some guys in and give you that new style, you know, that new type of leadoff hitter like a Ronald Acuna Jr. Not that he's Ronald Acuna Jr., but that same kind of look. So his versatility, I think, is going to be big this season. And this offense might go as far as Chris Stanfield and I Irish take him. And, and Lindsay, I would be curious your thoughts, uh, getting your philosophy on these speed guys in the game. And I know that it can vary between the major leagues and, and college, but you traditionally see one of these speedsters towards the top to set the table. That's the way it was for so long. And now we see in Major League Baseball, you've got guys that hit 40 home runs, as a matter of fact, leading off two. Uh, when you have someone like Cooper Weiss, who's already got six stolen bases in four games, I mean, is there a temptation just off speed alone to put him in the top of the order, or is it still more about uh, just providing the best challenge for a pitcher at the, at the top of the line? Just how would you go about that? So as much as I want to put Cooper Weiss up there, to me it's you want a guy who's, who has reliable enough contact that he can get on base in the first place before he does all those steals. And at junior season at Coastal Carolina, he batted like 222. He had a 303 average at Miami last year, but easing him into the SEC, I think, is the right way for Auburn to handle this. And he is, if he handles the acclimation into conference play well, then I think if you have to make a change off of Javon Hernandez, you've got Chris Stanfield, Cooper Weiss could be another option. But I'm of kind of the new school opinion now. The more time I've spent uh, talking to prospects and, and dealing with the, the professional baseball side of it, of the higher you are in the lineup, the more at-bats you get over the course of a year. And let's take your best hitters, provided they have enough speed to threaten opposing pitchers, get your best hitters towards the top. I, and so Chris Stanfield, to me, would be the guy I'd put on top if we move off of Javon Hernandez, simply because I have better faith in his contact ability maybe more so than almost anybody else is on the roster, but probably more than Cooper Weiss. 
And, and one guy that you want to get all the at-bats you can is Ike Irish. We saw what he did <laughs> as a freshman last year. We saw he's already had a couple of really nice outings. And obviously he's doing more catching duty this year, too, for the Tigers than he did uh, last year. Uh, give us a little bit about why Ike Irish has been so good from the word go and just the expectations for him. You know, going into the season, they, like, the thought for him was very much we're going to play him some behind the plate. He's a natural catcher, but we're also going to move him around a little bit, give our other catchers a chance to perform. And he's just been so locked in from, from the jump, right? Six of 18, he's, he's, leading the league, uh, he's leading the team in home runs right now. And I think the power coming in has been the big differentiator for Ike Irish. You saw last year, led the team in doubles, really didn't hit a lot of home runs until late in the year when he started to get more comfortable, and that's carried over this year. And uh, I want him up there batting second, batting third, getting as many at-bats as possible. But I do also, I am also cognizant of you want guys to be on base in front of him. And so I don't think I'm ever going to want to say move Ike Irish to leadoff. You want a little more speed than a catcher traditionally is going to have. But I like the idea of you put him around, you know, around third, let somebody be on base in front of him, and then you have a little protection for him with Bobby Pierce and Cooper McMurray, two college veterans who have traditionally been very good. Cooper's, I think, one of 13 right now, but he's also walked, I think, four or five times and has a home run. So uh, Ike needs to get as many at-bats as possible, but he also needs to come on base with runners on, so or come up to bat with runners on. That way he gets better pitches to hit. So looking ahead to the this weekend series, uh, uh, the this weekend uh, classic that's going on uh, in Jacksonville, what, what is ahead of Auburn? What are we looking at here? I know we've been asked about some of these other teams, and uh, mm-hmm. maybe you know a little bit about them. Obviously, Iowa, uh, Wichita State, and Virginia. Uh, what do you know about them? What, what kind of a challenge is Auburn going to face? Okay, so, uh, so Iowa's going to be a really great matchup for Auburn because you haven't seen this lineup face a really good pitcher. Brody Brecht, the starter for Iowa, he's going to be the Friday night guy. He might have, honestly, one of the best just arm strength uh, guys in all of college baseball. He averaged 97 miles an hour on his fastball last year. Uh, He ran it up to 101. And we saw how dangerous he can be. Uh, He he struck out double-digit guys last week. In, in four and a third innings, but he also walked six, and he, he took him 100 pitches to get through that four and a third innings. And so the, like, the test for Auburn on Friday is going to be, can they be patient? Can they, you know, foul balls off, run his pitch count up? But then also when he unleashes a heater, can they get to it? Can they make good contact with it? And the sooner Auburn can knock Brody Brecht out of the game, I think is their best chance to beat Iowa, but it's going to be a great test. The best, the biggest test you've seen of this offense so far. And then after that, Wichita state is uh, the shockers are a little bit, I'm going to say they're underrated a lot. They, uh, they had a good offense against little rock last, uh, last weekend, got a ton of strikeouts, didn't walk a lot of guys, but they don't have a lot of studs. They're one of those better than some of their parts teams, but then you close the weekend with, with, um, with Virginia, who's been, I think they're a top 10 team right now. They've got, last I looked, seven guys were expecting to be drafted in the next, or in the top 100 college prospects in the next two draft classes. And 
this is just a team that has they have good pitching. They have plenty of deep hitters. It's probably the most complete team that Auburn's going to face until you get to conference play. So you have a chance to face a premium pitcher against Iowa. You have a chance to show that you can uh, beat another solid but not spectacular team in Wichita State. And then you have to go out there and beat a complete team from top to bottom in Virginia on Sunday. I, <laughs> that was a good, great breakdown. Goodness gracious. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> and that's why I asked the question, because I knew we were going to get that answer. Well, so now let me pick your brain on this. Okay. Um, obviously, a lot of people here in town, me included, love to go to Montgomery and watch the Montgomery Biscuits. And obviously, we got spring training kicking off. Uh Picking your brain about the Tampa Rays and uh, and some of their prospects. Obviously, Junior Caminero no longer going to be with the Biscuits as he is now in the majors. But uh, if you're a Biscuits fan, who do you think you can look forward to this year uh, playing in Montgomery that might be the next superstar? One of my favorite players, honestly, in the entire minors, not just in Tampa Bay system, is going to be shortstop Carson Williams. He's one of their top prospects. He is – I mean, I, I have – conservatively watched a ton of baseball in the last year. And he is one of the best defensive shortstops that I saw in all of 2023. Minors, majors, doesn't matter. He's an amazing defender. He can hit the ball incredibly hard. His thing is going to be better quality of contact and making more frequent contact. So Carson Williams at shortstop is going to be tons of fun for Tampa Bay. And then Braden Taylor, drafted last year at third base at a TCU. He's probably going to start the year in high A, but I'm pretty confident he'll be in double A sooner rather than later. And so that left side of the infield is going to be really, really interesting. And then for your outfield, Shane Sasaki, uh, Mason Auer, Drew Baker is probably your starting outfield in double A. And it's a bunch of guys that are really intriguing. There's questions about them, but also they can – get hot and perform, and then at some point in time, you're going to add Colton Ledbetter uh, out of Mississippi State. was drafted last year in, I think, the second or third round. You're going to add Colton Ledbetter and Brock Jones to that, and it's going to be probably one of the better outfields from a defensive perspective and from a power potential perspective in the minors, and you're going to have that no later than midseason, if not earlier than that. So lots of really intriguing uh, position players, Pitching, there was a little more question about what you're going to get in Montgomery. Uh, Yoniel Coret's going to be a guy, uh, international free agent. You'll see him. Uh, they're trying to move him aggressively because he's already on the 40-man roster, so you, they want to get him to Tampa Bay quickly. You'll see him. Uh, but outside of that, it's going to be a really an offense and position player-driven group in Montgomery for at least the first part of the season. He's Lindsey Crosby of Auburn Daily and, uh, again, a lot of other things like Locked On MLB Prospect, Braves Today. You do it all baseball-wise. Man, what can our listeners find? How can they support your work, and what all can they find with what you've got going on? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. That's the hub for everything, whether it's, like everybody said, the major league writing for BravesToday.com, the, uh, the, daily, the number one daily minor league baseball podcast, Locked On MLB Prospects, or the college baseball at AuburnDaily.com. He's Lindsey Crosby, again, of Auburn Daily, Locked On MLB Prospects, Braves Today, all that good stuff. Again, Lindsey, we appreciate the time today, and we know we'll be talking again down the line because we've got to ask you about the Braves coming up and more Auburn baseball and all the great things, but we certainly appreciate the time today. Hey, man, thanks for having me. That is Lindsey Crosby today of Auburn Daily joining us on this Wednesday edition of the program.